for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. What's going on, everybody? Tom Quiet here, your host of the live and amplified jam session podcast. We are currently in day 592 of the isolation, quarantine, coronavirus pandemic. I'm just kidding. It feels like I've been on quarantine for fucking ever. But you know what? We're here. We're doing it. We are going to keep it moving. We're going to keep bringing you the podcast as long as we can. And today is no different. Um, Last week, we had the opportunity to sit down with uh, Taryn Seattle and filmed a remote version of the podcast. And so that's what you're going to be hearing here in a few minutes. But before we go too much further, I just wanted to thank you all for the continued support. Thank you all for continuing listening and all that fun stuff. Um, We just launched our new website www.liveandamplified.net. You can see all of our latest videos. You can see all of our latest podcasts. You can hear all our latest music. Um, We even got like registration forms for the various things. So if you're interested in doing one of those, uh, it's super simple. Just kind of book book an appointment pretty much. And then we also are in the process of launching a store where we will... uh, pretty much be doing jam session EPs. Anybody that comes onto the jam session has the opportunity to release the songs that they recorded as an EP. And um, basically it's a $5 digital download. So you pay $5, you get all the original songs uh, recorded and then maybe another surprise or two, but I can't legally say anything. But um, for $5, you get that digital download. It's a like a digital EP type thing. It'll be like a long EP. But it's really awesome, really cool. And what I really enjoy about it is 90% of the money goes back to the musicians. Because it's their music. They put in the work. They deserve most of the money. And then like the 10% is just our recording fee and helps us fund what we're doing. Now, I've had some people say... Well, why aren't you taking more than that? You guys deserve more than that. I was like, no, we don't. All we did was record it. 10% were good, you know. So hopefully that'll start steamrolling and we'll be able to really, really start building up our ability to go out and travel, make this a full-time deal, you know, all that fun stuff. So any uh, jam session that we recorded in person, unfortunately, we aren't going to be able to do any of the recordings that we done via internet just because the sound quality ain't there and I don't feel right charging people for that. But, you know, we're doing the best we can with what we got. So let me know what you guys think of it. If you have a minute, make sure you go check out our website, liveandamplified.net. And also make sure you uh, go check us out on social media, all that fun stuff. But I don't want to uh, waste any more of your time. Let's just jump right into the podcast. 
Like I had mentioned earlier, we've got an amazing, amazing musician. Her name is Taryn Seattle. She's from Boise, Idaho, and she's going to share some amazing originals, some amazing covers, and we're going to talk it out.
Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified jam session. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are, this is the first time we are deliberately recording a jam session remotely. Two, uh, mus two people in completely different states, two completely different time zones, and we are deliberately doing it this way because we were under a pandemic shelter-in-place order. Uh, we have a very special guest with us. She just got done performing a Stevie Nicks cover. We have uh, Taryn Seattle. How's it going today, Taryn? It is going well. How are you, Tom? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Just dealing with things the best way we know how. Just overcoming it all. Yep. Amen to that. <laughs> yeah. So you just got done doing a Stevie Nicks cover. Yeah. Uh, what was it about that song that you, uh, why'd you choose that to be kind of your lead in? Totally. Well, uh, Stevie Nicks has been kind of one of my inspirations and influences for a really long time. Uh, I was really lucky to grow up with parents who had just a wide variety of music they listened to. And Fleetwood Mac was always something that came on in our house a lot growing up. And, and, uh, and of course, Stevie Nicks is, you know, an incredible vocalist in that band. And so my mom and I oftentimes would sing really loud to Edge of 17 together. And it's just, it's just a song I grew up with and it, uh, and even now it holds a lot of meaning for me. I mean, it reminds me so much of, of what it's like to be, to be young and to be kind of fearless and to have to take on the world. And I mean, that's so much of what that song is kind of about is that, is that really scary transition, you know, being on the edge of 17 and, um, actually heard way back that the, the whole title of the song was actually inspired by Stevie Nicks. She was overhearing a conversation between two people of when they met. She said, oh, at the age of 17, but she misheard him and thought and heard the edge of 17. And then she just really loved that phrase and connected with it and wrote a whole song about it. And Stevie Nicks is just so such an incredible songwriter and lyricist and vocalist. And so I just really look up to her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's interesting because I think, especially when I was growing up, Fleetwood Mac, and just Fleetwood Mac in general was definitely played around the house quite frequently. So I think that's a, that that's a lot more common than people care to share. So yeah. much. I, like, I think Fleetwood Mac is just one of the iconic bands that even if you can't say, or if you hear one of their songs, you know, the song, but maybe you can't place who they are. Yeah. Or, you know what who I'm saying? From. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But so you are based out of Boise, Idaho. Yes. Yep. Um, what are you born and raised Boise or where are you from originally? So I'm originally, I was originally born in Oklahoma of okay. all places. So Midwest city, uh, which is right outside Oklahoma city area. Mm -hmm. uh, but we didn't live there long. My mom was in the air force. So we moved around a lot until I was about eight or nine. And then we finally just settled in Boise just because our, my grandparents lived here. And mm. so I've lived here since I was eight. So for all purposes, it's, it is where I grew up and it is where I call home. Um, mm. But before then we lived in South Dakota, Alaska, Utah, um, kind of just wherever. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But okay. it's, it's nice to have a place to call home. Nice. So. 
yeah. Understood completely. It's a uh, that I haven't been to Boise. I've been around Boise. Like I drove past it. Right. Because yeah, yeah. um, I we were doing a trip. We went from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Kalispell, Montana. So oh, gotcha. we, we drove like right through Idaho and like kind of around Boise. So. Oh, yeah, uh, a lot of people say that. They say that they're always driving through Boise to get to other places yeah. like Portland or, or Seattle. It's kind of one of those weird towns you just kind of pass through. But mm -hmm. I think it's, I mean, really recently it's it's transformed in a totally different town than when I first moved here. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially especially just like because now we have more of a music scene than mm -hmm. we ever used to have. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. And actually one thing that kind of, turned me on to Boise, the job that I currently have, um, or the company that I currently work for, uh, they had bought us uh, or bought out the original company I had worked for about two, a year and a half ago. Gotcha. And they had a, I had been, I was living in Tallahassee, Florida at the time. And I was kind of looking to move up in the company and go to a different place. And it was between that I was looking at Waco, Texas, where I'm at now. And then I was looking at Boise, Idaho. Oh, it was the yeah. other place. And so that's how I started getting involved in the music scene because it was looking like a really good chance that I was going to be in Boise, not Waco. Oh, yeah. And then things just didn't work out. And so I, like, I spent like three months while I was like aggressively interviewing for this job and trying to get this position like trying to start putting my name out there in the music scene like hey this is who we are or this is who I am this is what I do right. I'm looking at this job and then things didn't work out and I was like well I'm not going to burn all my connections there because of course not no we travel so you know but that's initially what got me in the music door there so to speak so yeah awesome. um but let's kind of start off from the beginning. Yeah. What originally got you interested in playing music? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that question, I mean, that takes me way, way back to when I was 10. Uh, my parents bought me, my parents bought me a guitar for my birthday. Um, I actually wanted a keyboard, but I didn't tell them that I was disappointed in, that I would, I didn't get a keyboard. And so I got this like nylon string, three quarter size guitar. I'm, I'm pretty sure from like just a random store. And I, I started messing around on it. And then it was, it wasn't until a few years in of just having it laying around that my mom finally uh, decided to just get me into lessons at the guitar store, just kind of down the street. And it was this, this tiny little shop right by some really awesome musicians. Uh, one guy who ran it, I believe he was the owner, like once played guitar for the Eagles or something crazy oh, like that. Yeah. And so it, it was cool being surrounded by guys like that. And so I took lessons from the same guy for, for years and just, he was all about learning from ear and always setting new goals and always writing. And so, um, and so I just grew up, you know, learning to play whatever. So a lot of the first stuff I learned how to play was like Jack Johnson and then I learned a lot of the Beatles. I learned a lot of, I learned some Led Zeppelin songs, just kind of all across the map, just mm -hmm. stuff I grew up playing. And, uh, and then eventually I, I started getting into writing more in, I mean, in middle school and they were all terrible, terrible songs. <laughs> um, 
which I guess is pretty common. It was all about breakups and crushes and boys. And then, um, and then in high school, I got into writing more about, um, I was, I was pretty religious in high school. And so that kind of took a turn. And so I wrote some really spiritual songs and I started playing for a worship band. And then, uh, and then from there, I mean, I just continued in college. I, I had a lot of, I, and then in high school, I did choir, and so I did jazz choir with an incredible teacher, and so I got into jazz, and that was a lot of fun, and um, all throughout this time, just writing and playing on my own, and then in college, I, music kind of took a back burner, and I just played in a church band, and then played in cafes in town, but mostly working, focusing on school, and then it wasn't until really recently that I, I kind of hunkered down and got into music just in earnest, and just performing as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, just a choice that I had made, but yeah. yeah. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, and so obviously the reason we're doing this remotely is because of the whole coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic that is currently going on. How has yeah. that kind of been affecting your music career so far or for this year? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I didn't really start performing it regularly until about fall of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been weird. I, I got used to having regular gigs like, you know, two to three times a month at, at bars and wherever. And then uh, recently, I, when, this, when this whole thing went down, I mean, I had to cancel my, I mean, I was going to have a crowdfund release party for just like launching the crowdfund for my album and then mm-hmm. that had to get canceled. And all my, basically all my gigs until July got canceled. And so, and then me and the band, we haven't really been able to meet up for a while. Um, And so that, I mean, that's kind of the downsides, but I think the plus sides that are really happening right now with, you know, being in quarantine is all this live streaming stuff that's been Mm -hmm. happening. Like, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I've gotten more gigs doing that than regular gigs doing that than I was just pestering venues to let me play. And Mm so that's been really great. and so I played on here and mm-hmm. with Live and Amplified, and I've also played um, with a couple. Uh, there's like a local uh, spotlight that we did with one of the local radio stations who sponsored it, and then a bar sponsored it, and a, one of the local music blogs, Music Mondays 208, sponsored it. Right. And so I got to be part of that, and that was. And so it's really cool just seeing the music community do that, and even mm-hmm. just people live streaming from their houses, and so. I started doing that and then I stream on Twitch. And so that following has gone up since this has all gone on. So I think it's, I think it's a really cool opportunity for the music community to, to try new ways of of reaching people Mm -hmm. and and doing live performances. And so I think like, I'm fairly optimistic at at what it's doing. And I think it's going to generate more interest for people to want to go see live shows when things finally open up again. Awesome. That's, that's really awesome. Especially since a lot, other outside of us, it seems like a lot of the live streaming you're getting is locally sourced. Yeah. So that's really cool. Like considering that you've only really been pursuing music professionally since last or late last year, you know, that's really awesome. But you'd mentioned that you normally play with a full band. Yes. So I, I recently got a band together in January. Um, I met them through open mic nights and, and they approached me and they were two really awesome musicians, but I, I'm really picky about who I decide to play with. And mm-hmm. especially when it's your songs, you just want to make sure that the people like 
let them be yours mm -hmm. and they just add to it. And so these guys are both, I mean, they're, they were both older. They'd been playing for a few years and they, they both just had a lot of free time on their hands. And so it was a drummer and a bassist and they had approached me a couple different times and I kind of said, ah, well, I'm not really interested and I don't know. And then mm -hmm. finally said, Hey, we booked this practice space, like come jam with us and just see if this works out. And I did. And it was, it was the best thing. It's been, after playing, you know, solo for practically all my career, it's really awesome to, to play with a band and see how much that really adds to the music and to see my songs not, I mean, they still trade, stay true to what, how I originally wrote them, but they become so much more than I intended. And so that's, that's been really cool to see. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so we're going to take this moment and we're going to go ahead and jump into your first original. Yeah. Um, what, song are you going to play what's the name of it what's kind of this if is there a story behind it yeah so uh i think this first song so the first song i'm going to play is called manic pixie dream girl and it's a uh it's a song i had written um i think almost i think it was last summer i wrote it and uh it's it's actually i'm thinking about having it be the title of the album when it mm -hmm. comes out just because it's such a it's such a, it's a, such a term that we don't hear often, but the story behind it is, uh, so there's a lot of indie romantic comedies, you know, and, mm -hmm. um, that I've watched in like 500 days of summer, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, I'm trying to think of what else eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. So there's, there's a lot of these romantic comedies where, you know, there's a, there's a guy, he's kind of, there's main character who's a guy and he's kind of depressed and he's young and he doesn't know where he's going with his life. And then this really, you know, young, interesting, exciting girl comes into his life and we don't know much about her, but we know that her whole purpose in the movie is just helping him along become a better person. And either at the end of the movie, it's like, she's a prize that he won or she's just kind of discarded as he moves on to bigger, better things. And, um, and so I was watching a lot of like, film reviews on YouTube about these movies, kind of analyzing it. And, you know, the, the guys who talked about it, like, this is, you know, this is something we see a lot and we call it the manic pixie dream girl effect. And so it just, it kind of got me thinking about my own life and my own relationships I've ever been in. And I just kind of had this realization of sometimes I feel a lot more like a side character in other people's stories than the main character of my own. And, uh, and I think, I think that's like a common experience, especially with like for women is like, you kind of just feel like this supporting role, but it's not really about you. And so, uh, that this whole song is about kind of rejecting that idea, but embracing it at the same time. Um, so that's what, that's why it's called manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> awesome. Uh, can't wait to hear it. Sweet. All right. I will, yeah. uh, do I just go ahead? Yep. Just go ahead and jump in. All right. Through it, 
So you'd mentioned uh, before you started playing that you're thinking that this song's going to be the title track to your upcoming album? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Is, is there a specific reason why or just? I think it's just, I think it really kind of captures the essence of the other songs that would mm -hmm. be going on the album. And I think, I think in a way it kind of maybe describes the expectations I'm trying to shrug off in a way um, for myself as a person. And um, it's just a lot of songs aligned under that same theme of becoming, becoming your own person and kind of embracing the weirder and more quirky sides of, your, of yourself in a way. And I feel like a lot of my songs align with that idea of shrugging off the other things people have told me or prescribed to me and instead kind of adopting my own ideas. But I think that's a lot of what your 20s is, is about too, is that kind of, I mean, the cliche way of finding yourself, but I think it's more than that. But Awesome. And so you'd said that before everything with the pandemic happened that you were planning on launching a, a GoFundMe to record this album. Yes. Um, when you were sitting, when you sat down and decided, okay, you want to make an album, did you write, have songs specifically written for this album? Or did you just kind of look at your catalog as a whole and say, okay, these songs, all these songs would, how, what was kind of your process? When I mean, my process, well, I mean, I am working with a, a label, an indie label based out of Boise. So a lot of a lot of that process has been working with um, with my label guy named Jeff Jeff mm -hmm. Baker, who's the head of the, the head of the label. But it was mainly just kind of looking at all my songs in a whole and figuring out, okay, what are some songs that share a lot of similarities or similar themes or threads, and just trying to figure out um, which kind of which songs all kind of come together to tell a story, mm -hmm. you know. And I think I think some of my favorite albums are albums that kind of have a story arc to them and you know, one song builds off of the ideas of another. Um, mm -hmm. And so kind of wanted to keep with that, that same idea. Gotcha. Perfect. And um, so when you sit down to write a song, kind of what's your creative process when you sit down to write? Totally. Yeah. So I think, I think for me, I've always been a big fan of, of stream of stream of consciousness writing. And so I think it's, um, 
you know, I normally set aside time during each week where it's just, it's an hour or so of just free playing time or free writing time. So sometimes that looks like just jamming on the guitar until I find a, a, a chord progression or a riff that sounds really interesting, or I'm just journaling and just writing whatever comes to mind or just trying to process through. And then at some point down the line, those two, those two ideas come together, whatever I've created on the guitar and then whatever I've written, you know, and so, but I, I keep those two processes fairly separate and then mm -hmm. it's the combining thing that is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. um, and so I find myself just having all these pages of just notes of ideas and lyrics and themes and just kind of scrolling through those and just playing that riff of whatever and just trying to sing over it and figure out what fits mm -hmm. and what aligns with it. And so I think, I think for me, that's the messiest part of my songwriting process is, is like meshing two things together. And sometimes I find out that the lyrics I originally wrote for the guitar riff don't work or the guitar riff doesn't work with the lyrics. And then I have to complete something completely new. But I also think too, it's like every song's a little different, mm -hmm. you know, like sometimes I come with a chord progression and lyrics in the same day and I write a song in a matter of hours. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, I've sat with the same riff for weeks and I just wait for the right moment when inspiration hits and it's finally a song. Um, so it just, it kind of depends from song to song. I think every song has its own weird process, but mm. it's normally a combination of stream of consciousness writing and then just kind of strumming stuff on guitar and figuring out what sticks. Yeah. And now since you've got a lot, a little bit more free time on your hands, since you don't really have gigs to play other than the, <laughs> virtual ones do you find yourself writing more or are you practicing more right now um i feel like definitely definitely writing more definitely kind of giving myself that freedom to to create and kind of mess around with stuff um like i wrote you know i had written a song just a few weeks ago or earlier this month that i really loved and i thought i had had all the songs i needed for the album but i was super stoked to write that one and so it's just yeah Gotcha. And then I have another idea that's floating around right now, but it's not quite, it's not quite done yet. <laughs> are you doing anything to kind of evolve or push your sound? Are you experimenting with different sounds right now or? I mean, you... it not, not particularly. I feel like I'm more than anything. I think starting out now, I'm just trying to find my song and really sound and really fine tune it. Mm -hmm. And so just getting those down. So I think it's mainly just finding those, that central groove and really just reinforcing that, especially since it's kind of my first, working on my first album, I had, mm -hmm. I just have to find something that is cohesive, but yeah. Understood. And so since this will be your first album, I'm assuming this will be the first time stepping into a studio to record? Yes. Yep. Uh, what's one thing that you're kind of prepared or how are you preparing to go into the studio? How am I preparing to go into the studio? I mean, a lot of it's, uh, a lot of it's really practicing with a metronome. I know that's, that's something my, you know, my teacher really hardwired into me is that if you can get the timing down and you can get the groove down, everything else kind of falls in a place above mm -hmm. that. But that central beat is so just essential for getting the rest of the song down. So, I mean, it's, so I'm, I'm breaking down each song of just working at the same measure over and over and over or working with my voice or just my guitar and then together, 
And then also really just hitting dynamics mm -hmm. and being able to play dynamically, being able to play one track all the way through. Um, and then I'm lucky enough to have some like cheap recording equipment around. So mm -hmm. I've been messing around with just recording entire tracks and trying mm -hmm. to do that as much as I can to really get into that rhythm. Um, but yeah, but with, you know, with pandemic and everything that's going on, I feel like my label guy and I have def and I have definitely talked about postponing really when we're going to be able to record. Cause yeah. I mean, we were planning on doing it in August, but that's obviously not going to happen because mm. the fundraising is going to have to happen later. And so it's just, it's probably going to look more like winter yeah. <laughs> by the time I finally get in, but I need more time to really hone it in. So yeah. what are they saying in Idaho as far as like, I'm you guys have like a shelter in place order yep. or rule in place um when are they saying right now that that's going to be lifted so i mean right now they were going to say april 15th and that's two days from now yeah. but i'm positive we're going to expect extend it to the end of the month mm -hmm. if not till the end of may so i mean oh, wow. it's just we're kind of playing it by ear yeah but if anything it'll definitely be definitely be probably until the end of the month that will yeah. be stuck because so. i know currently we are under shelter in place until may 6th i want to say okay yeah which will be little over two months of quarantine it's a long time <laughs> yay so yeah <laughs> um so you know it is what it is um, yeah but that being said do you, now that you're working with a band, do you find yourself turning to them for ideas as well? Or do you, are you primarily the writer and then they just kind of fill in where they. So I'm primarily the writer. I know I, they, they both really want to kind of collaborate in writing songs, but I think, um, I think for now, I just want to keep the writing process my own and mm. then kind of let, uh, kind of let the band kind of work around that and create things with it but it's definitely it's cool to see though because the songs definitely turn into something new the longer we play together mm -hmm. so i mean like with one of the songs that i wrote you know at the end they were thinking like what if we did a cool halftime reggae beat at the mm -hmm. very end of the song and i just loved that and so we did it and i loved it i loved it and so i i play it play it that way so i think i think that is the thing with the band is that their musical ideas really inform and kind of change and influence the song because mm -hmm. it's like they know how to bring out the best in every song. And I think that's, I think I really lucked out honestly with the drummer and the bassist that I have right now. It's just, they, um, they both have some wide range of influences and know how to play a variety of things. And so they're always about changing it up and making sure that they don't all sound the same. And so I think, uh, so I think in that way it is definitely influencing the writing, but it's, as far as the form and the lyrics, those are normally mine. And then we kind of experiment with how the dynamics and how it's being played and kind of the groove uh, together. And that's its own thing as well. So. Excellent. Um, so we're going to go ahead and have you play your second original. Uh, what song are you going to? Yeah. Um, I think I'll do. Ooh, it's a tough choice. Um, I think I'll play Not Sorry. Um, and uh, should I share a story about yeah, that Yeah, go one? ahead. Yeah, if there's a story behind it, feel free. Totally, yeah. Um, so Not Sorry was written 
mainly uh, when I was younger, I had a really hard time with apologizing all the time. It was a bad habit I had. And so uh, my parents tried really hard to break me out of it. Um, but it wasn't until it honestly wasn't until I got I got done with college and I went through a lot enough kind of rough life experiences that it broke me of that habit. And um, I think and I think when I was young, I just developed a lot of like attachments to other people and, and wanting to please them or satisfy their expectations of me rather than kind of making my own judgments about things. And so Not Sorry is all about that transition from being kind of a, a shy, uncertain kid who's really anxious to being, you know, like a fully confident adult. Um, and so, yeah, so that's what it's about. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Sweet. All right. Let me make sure it's in tune here. Now I'm okay. realizing that it's a little bit not a problem. Funky. Almost there. There we go.
So one of the things that we really like to do on this, on this platform is try and help younger musicians um, by giving them some advice, you know, stuff of that nature. So I want to start off by asking you, what's some advice you would have for a musician just starting, like just starting to learn to play music or whatever? Ooh, uh, I mean, there's so many things I could say. Ah, geez. I would say best thing you can do for yourself is, um, I say solitude to start out with. I, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in when you have to create something, you have to kind of dig in to whatever you're feeling or thinking. And so I think a, a big part of the creative process for me when I first started getting back into writing again was spending a lot of hours just of a free unstructured playtime just like writing whatever singing whatever and just trying new things and and the beauty about where i lived is that my walls were really thick so no one could hear me just experimenting and so i got to play and not judge myself and i think the harshest thing you can do when you're first starting is to just judge every single lyric or every single chord that you play because you lock yourself in and you're not able to let anything grow or thrive. And so in, in writing, it's almost like you don't want to, you don't want to give yourself these deadlines of like, I need to write a song in X amount of time, or I need to write X amount of songs in so many weeks. Don't do that. I'd say best thing you can do is just give yourself the time. Just say, okay, from 8 PM to 9 PM on Tuesdays is my writing time whatever comes out of that is whatever comes out of that. So I'd say that's a big thing. And so, I mean, that's, that's such a great place to start. And then I would say, you know, after you get really comfortable with your songs and you get really comfortable with how they've grown, the, the next best thing is to go to open mic nights. Mm -hmm. I firmly am a huge believer in open mic nights. They're so hard and hu sometimes humiliating, mm -hmm. but you meet some of the most interesting people and a lot of times, if you go to the right type of open mic nights, you find a community of people there who are encouraging and inspiring and are going to cheer you on. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started going to open mic nights, I met so many interesting people with so many different styles and stories. And it was just a cool climate to try things out and to learn how to like, and when you're playing in these bars and going to these open mic nights, like no one has any inclination to listen to you, whatever whatsoever like no one's gonna listen to you and so you get to just experiment with how to win these people over because if you can play in a crowded bar where no one is listening to you mm -hmm. you can definitely play like an actual set at mm -hmm. a place where people are gonna listen to you yeah. so i mean i would say spending a lot of time with yourself and and finding those cool venues where you get to share and collaborate is a great thing and so for some people that's open mic nights and i'd say that's that's always a great place to start 
Absolutely. Um, is there one one thing you wish that you know now that you wish you would have known when you first started playing? Ah, um, I would say, oof, there's so many, there's so many things I could say. I would say, um, I wish I knew to not be so hard on myself and that it's a process. Like no one, no one is good off the bat. No one is good. I don't care if you're a seven-year-old prodigy. No one is good right off the bat. And so you're going to have, you're going to have times that you play and no one's going to listen. And you're going to have times where your voice breaks in the middle of a song. And the best thing you can do is to not stop, but to keep on going and to, I mean, it's all a process. And so I just wish I had not been so hard on myself when I was young and I made it less about how people were going to respond and more about what is this for me? And like, honestly, I mean, when I first started playing um, back before, you know, I really had that time to really write and reflect and start getting into music in earnest. I mean, when I was playing before just at random coffee shops, I mean, no one came up to me afterwards and said, wow, like you're incredible. No one ever did that to me. And I just felt like I didn't have that in me, but it wasn't, a, but it was all because I was looking for that reaction out of people. But when I, when I stopped looking for that reaction, so the first time I stopped looking for the action was when I played my first open mic night and it was at this, this random bar in Boise that I, I love. And I actually play there regularly for gigs now. Um, and I love everyone who's there. I love the bartenders. I love the owner. But I mean, the first time I played there, I just, I had to just say, I'm doing this for myself. Like, I don't care how people respond. And that was the first time that people said, wow. And like, I had that that moment where the bar hushed, you know? And it was all because I was present and doing, focusing on what it was, not how people were responding. And I'd say, I wish I had learned that so much sooner. Cause I mean, I, I think I would have made a lot more progress and probably enjoyed it a lot more, which is more important than anything is having fun and, and enjoying it, so. Yeah, and definitely not forgetting why you started playing music in the first place. Exactly, exactly. So, um. That being said, is there, has there ever been a time that you question why you're playing music? Or <laughs> all the time. All the time? All the time. I mean, sometimes it's even like, even now I do, you know, I, uh, you know, sometimes I question it because I just think, you know, what makes, what makes me so special that I feel like I could pursue something like this and have success when so many other people do. But um, one of my friends, one of my really good friends and coworkers one time told me, he said, you know, like, you're really only competing against 1%, he says, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who say they want to do music and there's a lot of people who really want to play. But out of that percentage are even smaller people, even a smaller group of people who are actually going out and doing it. And then there's an even smaller group of people who are actually like have a knack for it mm -hmm. and are, are built for it. And so he yeah. said, so you're really not competing against thousands and thousands of people. You're competing against a small select yeah. few. And yeah. within that small select few, you're not even competing. You guys are all different. Mm -hmm. and there's, a, there's a space for everybody. And so, yeah. um, and so I have to tell myself in times like that. But I mean, when I was in, when I was about done with high school, I had an opportunity to study music at college. And 
and an offer for basically like a scholarship from the director there. And he said, we can make it really affordable for you to be here and it'd be a great opportunity. And I didn't think I had it in me. And so I didn't take it. And I went to school to just get a degree and get a job, you know? And so mm-hmm. there's, that was a whole few years. And so I, uh, you know, I didn't think I, I didn't think I had to do it. So I put it on the back burner. Now, was it the same school that you ended up going to? You just went for different majors or would it have been a completely different school altogether? Completely different school. So that was in Portland. Okay. So I could have gone to Portland and done music, but I, uh, I ended up going to Northern Idaho Okay. at uh, what everyone calls the party school in Idaho. But it, it was a great experience and I'm glad I did it because I don't think I was ready to do music that young. I think I would have burnt out, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm glad it happened the way it happened. But I, sometimes I always think about what if I had taken that up, but. Yeah. I mean, life is full of what ifs, but yeah. if, if you dwell on those, then you're never going to get anywhere. So it's just like, yeah. you, you know, you, you made a decision and at the time it was for what you thought was the best. So that was the decision. Don't dwell yep. on it just keep moving forward, you know? And yeah. if you're really meant to, like in this case, you were really meant to do music cause you're doing it now. Like you're, yeah. <laughs> and you're really good at it. So it's like, you know, you were meant to do it. You just weren't ready. You knew you weren't ready at that time to, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no like direct linear path from A to B in mm-hmm. life. There's a lot of like twists and detours mm-hmm. and weird shortcuts you take to get to where you want to be. Yeah. And that's what makes everybody's music different. Cause you know, like I've seen a lot of these people saying, Oh, well I want to be just like Beyonce or just (laughs) like Ed Sheeran or just like the Jonas, you know? Yeah. And they started off here. They went here, 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 and now they're there. And it's like, okay, so why does that have to be your journey? Why can't you go here, then here, and then over here, you know? Yeah. And it's like, if everybody has the same journey and the same trajectory, then music becomes boring because everybody's, you know. Because it's informed by all your weird experiences. Mm-hmm. Like my time in, in college, you know, is all informed by songs. And, mm-hmm. you know, my time is, you know, just being a, a young person living in Boise and not really having any responsibilities whatsoever informed by songs. And yeah. I think every experience we have informs the music we write. And like, I think it's, you have to lean into your own experiences to really get something original and, and creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's hear another uh, original from you. Um, yeah. what's, what song are you going to play for us? Um, I think I'm going to do, I think I'm going to do Life in Exile okay. just because it has that, it has that cool reggae beat at the very end that my band thought was amazing. And yeah. there's a lot of fun stuff I've done just with the feel of the song. But, okay. um, but yeah, Life in Exile is basically, uh, it's kind of about coming out of college and kind of losing all the friends I had from college and all the social groups that I had been a part of, I was no longer a part of anymore because I had moved away. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just left me with this weird phrase that kept on repeating my head of like living a life in exile, like wandering, just kind of like wandering around in the desert and not really know what I'm doing. And 
you know, and so it's a, and so a lot of those songs, it's about um, kind of learning how to save yourself a lot of the time. And ultimately, you know, when you get into hard situations, you learn as you learn when you're in your twenties and you're finally living on your own the first time that like, no one's going to fix it for you. No one's going to save you. It's just you and you have to choose to do that. And so, um, and so that song's a lot about that. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. Sweet. All right. Living life in exile Living this way for a while You be one of you Full of hope and simple platitudes If you saw me now Would I scare you? Would I scare you away? If you saw these scars Would you ask me how Guns to Talking to empty walls, gonna get my back straight and stand up tall. Called all my darkies, chain bring them in, made them listen. If you saw me now, would I scare you? Would I scare you? If you saw these scars, would you ask me how?
Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, we've talked a lot about what you're currently working on and what you've done in the past, but I, I kind of want to take this time to talk about where you see yourself going, what you have planned for the future, you know, all that fun stuff and dr like really what your dream situation would be. Um, but first, you mentioned that you're working with a label based out yeah. of Boise. Um, how'd you get introduced to the label and all that stuff? Totally. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's a weird turn of events actually. So when I was 14, I auditioned to be part of a private arts performing arts school here mm -hmm. in Boise. And, uh, it was my, it was my first time performing ever, like ever, ever, ever. And one of the guys who watched me perform, uh, he was one of the heads, of the school there and he watched me play and really was the one who advocated for me getting a scholarship and being able to go and so I went to the school for I think it was just a semester really great experience I just I didn't fit in there and mm -hmm. um and so I decided to go to public high school and um that guy actually kept in contact with me for a while and he was the one who wanted me to go to school in Portland mm -hmm. He taught at Portland State, and he was part of the, the songwriting and the music program out there. And then uh, he was the one who offered to make it really affordable and mm. to go out on a trip, and I told him no. And so that I felt awful. I regretted it ever since. And so we actually kept in contact for like a while, and mm. um, I, I friended him on Facebook just on a whim. I had just created my music page, mm. you know, which was, it just had like a photo and like a video on it at the time. Mm. And I just invited him to like it. And I was like, well, we'll see what he does. And he was always someone who believed in me weirdly. And like, mm -hmm. even though we didn't get to work together for a long time, he yeah. saw something in me. And so he approached me soon after that. And uh, it was in October of this, la of this last year. And he just said, hey, I'd love to talk to you about a project. And he sat me down and we had lunch at one of the restaurants in Boise. And he just said, you know, like, I really want to create and help develop young artists and help them kind of find their voice and their brand in this industry. And he had this vision of having just like a small, you know, handful of eight artists that he picked mm -hmm. that all had kind of a similar kind of style. And he wanted to bring back kind of that old, you know, when back when like Atlantic Records first started, they had, mm -hmm. you know, a handful of artists that all sounded really similar. They did showcases, they collaborated yeah. and he wanted to bring that kind of back and do it through an indie label. And so, um, and so there's right now there's officially, I want to say there's, I think there's four or five of us on there. And mm -hmm. so, and it's fun because a lot of us are based in Boise. So mm -hmm. we'll have, you know, we'll have drinks together and talk about music together. We'll have jam nights and it's very much, he very much wants to make it a family. Yeah. So uh, it's called Next Music Company, and nice. he uh, and he's got a website just under that domain, and it's just a really it's a really sweet thing to be a part of, and it's also a really sweet thing to be involved with like a a guy a label guy who who just sincerely wants you succeed and like mm. find your own voice. Yeah. And so he's been great about just giving me more ideas on how to really refine my songs in, and so I I just got lucky. I got really mm. lucky. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, it's really cool that he he's basically been following you 
your whole career so far. Like, yeah. you, you can't say, oh, he just randomly found you on Facebook because that's not true. He, he, you auditioned for one thing that he was a part of, and then mm-hmm. later on it was another thing, and then later on he, you can reconnect it over Facebook. But like, I mean, there's history there, so it's not just like, yeah. Hey, saw you on Facebook. I really, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So there's definitely, I can tell there's like a genuine passion or love for your music because yeah. otherwise, why would he have been, you know, following exactly. your, following you? Like, yeah. so. Um, cool. But ultimately, what do you hope? to achieve with your music where do you ultimately want to go you know like what's a dream scenario for you a dream scenario I mean I I keep on thinking back to um a conversation I had with someone once where I I was really emotional and I was and I was kind of just feeling really lost and it was right before I decided to get back into music again and they told me like okay I want you to look yourself in the mirror and I want you to say, like, you know, if money wasn't an issue and time wasn't an issue, what is the one thing you would want to wake up every day and do? Mm-hmm. And for me, that was music. And that conversation really stuck with me. And so I think for me, moving forward, my, my dream scenario would be just getting to write and continue to put out albums, you know, and if that's, if that's part-time, full-time, part of me doesn't, part of me doesn't really care as long as I get to keep on doing it and yeah. I get to you know, if I get to share my music with, with people who love it and, and play at a festival or, or, you know, get to perform regularly, I mean, that to me is just like, I mean, that's great. And mm-hmm. so I think just continuing to write and, and produce, you know, and put my albums out there, I think would be really awesome. I think ultimately I, I got into music. I mean, I got back into music just because it was a fun thing. Mm-hmm. It was just one way to cope with life. And so for me, it's like, I'm just grateful for any opportunity that kind of comes my way. Mm-hmm. And so the more music I can have in my life, the better, but I'm trying to just focus as much as I can on the present and taking whatever action steps I need to take now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just knowing that if I, if I continue to keep on doing this and really push at this, then, then things are going to line up. Um, but yeah, I think it would just be making more music, performing more and, you know, I mean, I would always love to go on tour. I mean, that would be crazy if I ever did, but I would yeah. love, I mean, I would love to do that. <laughs> I don't know how, but there's so a way. <laughs> are, you're primarily playing just in Boise or if you had opportunities to kind of step outside of Boise and go play? Um, I, I've just been playing in Boise. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I've been at is mm. just uh, playing in bars and playing wherever and mm. just kind of taking whatever gig comes my way that yeah. pays and mm just having fun so absolutely because that's the one thing i remember about the two times that i've driven through idaho the trip up to montana and then the trip back from montana was there's a lot of space in between major cities yes so it's very spread out here so it's uh yeah it's not it's not like the midwest or the east coast where everything's you know like within an hour of each other it's you know like Mm -hmm. It's, a, it's, I mean, it's like seven hours to Portland, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and it's, it, it's at least eight hours to Seattle. I mean, it's, it's a waste. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into your uh, last cover song. 
here. Totally. And uh, what song are you going to play for us? I think I'm going to play, ooh, I'm, I'm debating between a mandolin song and a, uh, and a you know what? I'm going to play mandolin. Okay. I'll play mandolin. Awesome. There we go. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this next song is kind of a song I also grew up with. Uh, and I guess we could talk about it after I play it. But okay. It's, uh, it's Ooh La La by The Faces. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. got done playing your uh, last cover for us why'd you choose the song that you played yeah so uh Ooh La La by the faces is actually a it's a song that my dad had on a cd in his truck growing up and so there's like a lot of 
fun memories where like my dad and I are driving around and he'll have that song on and my dad's my dad's like a guy of few words so you know we kind of bond through silence and and listening to things and so he uh he uh, yeah and he's he's cool I mean my dad had this like huge truck and we went on a lot of family road trips together and then he also just he does a lot of he did a bunch of like so he grew up doing construction Mm -hmm. and then like he uh did um and then he ended up doing a ton of work on our house so we were always driving to like like places where they were selling rocks and and lumber and other stuff that he could just redo our house and so there's a lot of memories of like me being in the truck with him and like listening to that song and us working on projects and he'd have that playing in the garage when he was working on stuff and so it's just it's a very nostalgic song and I think that line of like I wish I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger is it's so relatable and it's so it's so simply great and so I mean especially now that I'm in my 20s I mean I I look back at my childhood and I realize like how good I had it you know, and how, how lucky I was to grow up, you know, like, I mean, things are hard for everyone, but I mean, I was lucky to have a family that really loved me and grow up in such a great town. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of times I wish I could go back to how simple and wonderful that was, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that song for me is so much about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that the other day as well. I was like, man, I wish I could go back to living down the block from my buddies, mid nineties, like not to date myself or anything, but just (laughs) like in the middle of the nineties. And the worst thing we had to worry about is how are we going to play that next game of horse, that next game of, you know, cause we played sports all through the summer and it's just like, it was simpler times, you know, it's so simple. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) But, um, so as we kind of start working towards the end of this uh, interview, which has been amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. You've been, you, you filled out, like we got introduced to each other through the Boise mu- music group page. You filled out our little form thing for our yep. original <laughs> live castathon, And then you've just kind of been on everything we've been doing, which is really awesome. Like totally. you, you played the first one and I was like, okay, well we have the second one. Let me throw that out to her and see if she wants to do it. And you did. And I was like, Okay. And then the second one was just, just as good, if not better than the first one. And I'm like, all right, well, let's do the whole podcast thing. Like I yeah. need, you know, so I'm, I'm really re- glad. I'm, no, this yeah. is really fun. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, honestly. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've had this like dream of being on one and getting interviewed. And so this has been a lot of fun. Nice. So awesome. Yeah. Um, so obviously the upcoming album is kind of on hold. You're thinking maybe winter time is when everything will kind of yeah yeah happen <laughs> for you. But and obviously you're not playing shows other than virtual shows. What's do you have anything that's like far enough out, like maybe late summer that you've booked or? anything like that that you have coming up that people might be interested in yeah so I mean I do have a show in Boise it's uh it's at the Barrel House mm-hmm. it's uh, it's kind of in Garden City it's a new kind of a newer music venue that they're opening up but it's it's an awesome bar it's a cool restaurant it's run by some really sweet awesome like down-earth people who are really into the music 
and doing live music. And we played, we were actually the first band they ever had there and they oh, wanted nice. us back. And nice. so, uh, so they have a stage and a professional sound guy. Oh, and wow. um, I'm pretty sure by the time we get back there, they'll have some sort of lights and stuff. So we're playing there. I believe it's in July. I could look at what the specific day is. Mm. Um, let me see. I have it all, I have all my like dates on dates. the phone. I nice. believe it's, it's gotta be sometime in July. Gotcha. Yes, July 10th. Nice. So July 10th, it's at, I believe we're starting at seven or eight. I think it's okay. eight, but evening show and it's free. I mean, it's free. You get beers and you hang out and yeah. we get paid. So <laughs> Nice. That's always good. Um, and then that, that type of show kind of speaks to what the Boise music scene is like. Cause it's like, even my brief interaction with a few of the people there, it's nothing but love. Like it's all yeah. very positive, very supportive. Like I've, I've talked to a few of the local hip hop acts that are there. I've talked to a few solo acoustic acts and then just people that have venues. And it's just like, wow, I, I wish yeah. all music scenes were like this. I mean, I love it because it's so, I loved Boise's music scene so much because it's so not competitive. Mm -hmm. Like people aren't competing against each other or trying to be better than everybody. And no one has an ego, which mm -hmm. I love. Yeah everyone's very supportive and I've met you know and I've met some artists who are arguably like far more talented and experienced than me but I don't I don't feel that need to like be better than them I'm just inspired by them and like I remember I ran into this guy he's a really great performer his name's Dustin Morris and I ran into him at like an open mic night mm -hmm. and I heard him play and I was just like wow and then he and then I played my set and he stuck around and he said you're really great like keep at this and it's just that's what it's, I mean, that's so much of what it is, is, is people can encouraging each other. And it's not like, you know, you're competing for venues or gigs. It's, it's very much, they just want it to grow and thrive. Awesome. So. Yeah. And I definitely picked up on that. And what's interesting, and I think it has to do with the fact that you guys are kind of so far from everything else that you kind of have to, I don't want to use the term isolate, but you kind of have to incubate yourselves because yeah. it's not an e like if somebody wanted to go to Seattle, that's not an easy trip to make. Or if you wanted to go over to Salt Lake, that's not an easy, you know, like nope. trying to get to like the next city to go play a gig. It's like, you can't, I mean, I guess you could drive eight or not. Like if you were to book a gig, like eight or nine hours away, you could do that in one day. Yeah. But that's one hell of a trip like yeah, yeah. So. I know most people it's like if they do if it's like their first tour in their base in Boise they pick like some really random small cities to play yeah. in like like I know Ontario has venues yeah. Ontario Ogren which is just across the border and like Bend has some pretty cool places to play yeah. I mean there's like Pendleton um but it's just kind of like random places that you just pick you know mm -hmm. um I know Moscow where I went up to school or U of I is, is a, it has its own cool little scene mm -hmm. and a few cool venues out there. Um, so, I mean, it's, yeah, it's kind of just a random smattering if you want to do places close. Yeah. And uh, I've, you mentioned that you have asked, or you'd love to go out on a tour. Once you kind of get this album released, would you start looking at doing like maybe a Idaho tour or just like trying to get yourself out a little bit more or would you? 
Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely the goal. Um, and I know, I know Jeff is really thinking about, you know, what can all the artists do on the label together? You know, if there's showcases where we can like book an entire night, cause we already have the whole lineup set. Um, mm -hmm. so, I mean, that's definitely something. And then, you know, probably doing something in the Northwest would be great. I mean, one big goal is I've always really wanted to play in tree fort, mm -hmm. which is in Boise tree fort mm -hmm. music fest. And it's grown a lot through the years. And like, yeah. I mean, Honestly, I went to Tree Fort in 2018 or 2019. Yeah. And watching that, I was like, okay, my goal is to play there. Nice. Like however long it takes. And yeah. so, so I think that, that would be my big goal after the album is done is like, if I could play that festival, mm -hmm. I think that could open the doors for a lot of places. Oh, yeah. So. It's, uh, it's definitely something that's come on our radar. Um, I was introduced to it two years ago i want to say like yeah. as far as you know like we had a i was before i lived in florida i lived in new mexico i was there for quite a few years and i that's kind of where all the live and amplified stuff started and we started working with bands from like albuquerque and like southern new mexico and there's this one band called prism bitch it's a female, oh, punk, nice. it's, they're like a female punk band almost. That's awesome. <laughs> and in 2018, they got to play Tree Fort. Nice. And they were always a band that I wanted to perform with. But when we were first starting out, they were already pretty well established. And so I was always intimidated to be like, hey, we're starting this thing, you know, Yeah. because like we had nothing to offer them. Like right. they, they yeah. were going places. And so when I saw that, I was start, they that introduced me to Tree Fort. And then lat, or this year, when everything kind of got canceled, it was like, because there was a lot of bands, now that I'm living like two hours from Austin, there was a lot of bands that were coming through to go to South By that were also playing Tree Fort. And so it's, it was, it's just interesting how big it's gotten because there's a lot of bands yeah. that have, were playing like official South by shows mm -hmm. and they're also playing tree fort. Yep. It's, it's definitely grown a lot of the years and tree fort is such a cool experience. Cause like it's, it's more than a music festival. Cause they got like ale fort and story fort and comedy yeah. fort. Like there's a million forts and like the whole city of Boise is just like full of people and things to do and there's yeah. music everywhere it's it's the coolest like it's the coolest thing to like a whole city mm -hmm. is just open for people and it's the heart of downtown too like and i think i think it's really rare to have music festivals like that anymore just because that would be such a such a bother but the whole city is all really for it and wants it to be a thing and i think that's what makes it so unique awesome yeah that, that's it's always awesome when you have a music scene that's really supportive of each other, but then they've also got the support of the city. And then between the two of that, you get a music festival that's yep. really starting to gain national notoriety. Like, Definitely. you know, that, that's got to be really exciting for any like local Boise musician. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. We're all very, very excited about yeah. what's happening. Nice. And so let's hear, I want to hear your final song. Um, yeah. 
what song are you playing? Uh, what's the story, you know? Yeah, so uh, this last one is the most recent song I wrote, and it's, uh, sorry, my headphones are popping in and out because they're no, old. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's called Does It Make You Happy? It's, um, it's a song I wrote about earlier, earlier in the year. Um, and basically the, the story behind it is I had a really good friend of mine and she's just kind of settling for some not so great situations in her life. And I kept on seeing her do that and remind, and it reminded me so many of, so many of the times that I've done that to myself. And I remember whenever I did that, my mom would always ask me like, well, as long as it, she'd always say, well, as long as it makes you happy. And then eventually I complained about it so much that she would ask, well, does it make you happy? And then in that moment I'd say, well, no. And so, um, and so that's kind of the, the way I've looked at it when dealing with my friends who are just in terrible situations is just asking them if it makes them happy. And so I think, I think a lot of times we settle for far less than we deserve, not because it's what we want, but be just because it's what's familiar and what's comfortable. And so, um, and so I see, I just see far too many, especially like girls my age doing that. And I just, it sucks. And I hate seeing that. So I, I wrote a song about it. <laughs> awesome. Settled down too many times to count Treated my confidence for doubt Made men out of scared little boy Could I listen to my own voice Almost said to me Listen to me, honey does it make you happy? Seriously, well, if so, I'll let it be. Say you need this so badly. Well, if that's true, then why are you still asking? See you doing the same exact thing Easy way out to settling You see the hard ones put in one Have you really listened to it just once? Mama said to me Listen to me, honey. Does it make you happy? Seriously, well, if so, I'll let it be. Say you need love so badly. Well, if that's true, then why are you still asking? Drug dealer, Montana, 
Dutch Bros, Barista, One Man, Punk Bay, Two One, Nightstands, Every mystic I have learned. Make you happy Seriously, well if so, I'll let it be Say you need this so badly Well if that's true Then why are you still asking? Does it make you happy? You say so i hope you all enjoyed that um had an absolute blast getting to chalk with uh taryn there for a little bit um you know it, it's interesting because i met her randomly through the live and amplified live castathon she had filled out a the paperwork to be a part of the live castathon when the COVID-19 pandemic first started happening so obviously we brought her in and then a couple of weeks later we had another like songwriter showcase type thing and she wanted to be involved with that and it was like you know what let's we we need the uh jam session episode so let's bring her in and you know like the fact that I've only known her for six weeks maybe She's been a trooper, she's been down for the cause, you know, just all that fun stuff, so I can't wait to see what happens with in the future for her, you know, she's got her, we talked about it a little bit during the podcast, she's got like a little record deal thing going on, she's got some support up there in Boise, Idaho, you know, so she's doing a lot of big things, and we're really excited to see what, uh, what she's got going on, and uh, can't wait to continue to support her. Hopefully, we'll be able to get her, her full band, you know, when she finally makes one. You know, can't wait to get her in the session, or in the studio, in the jam session, doing it face-to-face, you know, is going to be an absolute blast next time. You know, can't wait to get up to Boise. If you've been listening to any of our podcasts for the last two months, three months, however long it's been, we've absolutely been showing a lot of love to Boise. We've worked with a lot of Boise musicians, you know, and so we we can't wait to make our way up there and hope to get to do it here sooner rather than later. But this week, obviously, because of the pandemic, everything is kind of different and in full tilt. Um, We don't have another uh, full-fledged fan feedback artist but this week we have brought back our very good friend Jess Jacoy. Um, she was on as a featured artist. I was part of the main jam session interview a few weeks ago, and then we also uh, have featured her music everywhere. You know, we got her music. Um, and so last weekend she was a part of one of our songwriter showcases, and due to some scheduling conflicts. Uh, the musician that was going on right after her couldn't make the set. And so we just kind of filled with a nice little conversation. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to put that in this spot because, 
even though her episode had just come out, like within the last three weeks or so, we haven't spoken to her since January. Like a lot has changed for her. Like she's in Nashville. When we were filming, she was getting ready to release her new album. The album's already released. They had a tornado hit down in Nashville. And then obviously the pandemic is currently going on. So when I saw the opportunity to sit down and chat with her a little bit, you know, I had to take it just because, yeah, like I'd mentioned, so much time had passed even though her episode had just come out because we wanted to kind of coincide it with the release of her album. So, you know, that it was just absolutely awesome. And uh, I think we're going to go ahead and put one of her songs in place of where uh, we'd normally put like the uh, feedback artist song because we have a bunch of her songs on tap. So I think we're going to put one of those in right now. Thank you. 
days I feel like I'm burning Like you set me on fire from the inside out Really fighting it to the nail Spend a lot of my time waiting to exhale Spend a lot of my time waiting to exhale pretty raw um <laughs> thanks for listening uh like i said my friend tony is the only one who's actually heard that one and maybe my mom so <laughs> i really appreciate you for letting me play that one no i just want to thank you very much for joining us i was a little on edge this morning when you when uh, there was a little bit of confusion and i was just like no what's Oh, yeah, no, when I say I'm technologically not savvy, I really do mean it. Tom was like, oh, yeah, we're going to just, uh, we'll, we'll do a cross post on posting and going live on your page and mine at the same time, and then we'll incorporate Zoom, and I was like, this is too much. I don't know. What I, you lost me. <laughs> no, it's, but, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, this is all a new frontier for all of us, like, having to be able to adapt within a drop of a hat because it's like musicians still need to go out and play and they still need to be able to make a living and how are they going to do that when everything shut down and so this was the first thing that we thought of it was like no this is something we have to do and it hasn't been as consistent as we wanted it to be but you know what the fact that we're able to do showcases like this and the fact that you said yes was absolutely amazing and not to keep keep you here longer than you you should be but um i i just want to thank you so much like i know we'd tried so hard even into last year when we'd first met i don't even yeah. know when we first or when we first started talking last year but uh and then we finally got the opportunity to uh finally meet this year and do a session and you know it was just absolutely amazing and the stars aligned and i really appreciate that and it was know. definitely one of the coolest experiences of the year um and as a new artist i mean i feel i, I technically haven't been doing this very long you know just a few years mm -hmm. really taking it seriously and um one thing i have found is just it is like it's hell trying to make yourself known as a new artist. So platforms like yours and Live and In Flight is really, it's actually very necessary, you know, for us new artists trying to get our names out there and let people know that we're here. So I can't thank you enough. Oh, not a like, you know, it's, it was funny. I did a live stream this morning, just kind of like promoting everything that we're doing today and this weekend in general. And somebody asked me, it was like, wait, you guys been doing this for five years? How come I just heard about you six months ago? And it's like, well, I mean, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into that, you know? And, yeah, you know, like, I was telling somebody, it's like building, you know, you're basically, even as a songwriter, like you're starting a business from the ground up and you yep. have to um, build your credibility and, and let people know that you're here and that you have a product that you believe in and, 
you want them to believe in it too. So it's just, it's definitely a grind, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't think of any other thing I'd rather be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it was, it was an interesting, it was interesting hearing your, like when we sat down in January and did the jam session, it was interesting hearing the album before the album had even released. Mm -hmm. That was like a, it was like our own private little listening party or preview party, if you will. And then, um, and I'm pretty sure I told you this before, but we, we had been talking before you had gotten accepted onto Songland, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then when I saw you got accepted, I was like, oh, she's going to blow up and we missed our chance to work together. And, you know. Nope, still here. <laughs> no, you know, and I, I think that's just more that Songland just didn't have its credibility yet. You know, it's like the first season of that. And, you know, I, I'm really glad that after that, we were able to work with you and, you know, you told an amazing story about how that all happened and then educated me on the importance of the Bluebird Cafe. Oh, I love the Bluebird. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely, that was very, very cool. Um, Yeah, you know, honestly, the Songland thing worked out in the best way Mm -hmm. it could have. Um, I have no regrets. If anything, that, that experience gave me some really, really powerful life lessons that mm-hmm. um, I will never take for granted. And, oh my gosh, just the fact, I mean, the Bluebird thing, just getting to play there, I, I prayed for once. And, I mean, shoot, um, I think all three times I've played was last year. Mm-hmm. Like, in one year, it was crazy. Um, yeah. so that was just, that was a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe in miracles. I'll tell you some cases of miracles going on, but um, yeah, it was a great chat that we had and, and just, I feel like, I feel like it's been two lifetimes by now, Mm -hmm. you know, there's like life before Corona and life after, but honestly, I feel like, I think, I, I hope one thing we all take away is that, you know, to cherish each other and, you know, also cherish rest. That's one Mm -hmm. thing I'm learning is, um, just knowing that it's okay to rest and let yourself fill up your well of creativity again and mm-hmm. to really cherish who you get to be around and who you consider friends and family. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I, like, I mean, if you're cool with it, I wouldn't mind just sitting here and chatting with you for a little bit since we have a little bit of a gap between artists uh, yeah, sure. at any point, just say, Hey, I got to go or whatever. And I'm not going to take offense to it. Um, but one thing that I really hope that happens along the same lines as you is I really hope now that musicians are kind of in a point where if they music is their full-time thing, that they're taking advantage of this free time mm-hmm. to be ready once the gates open, like whatever that means for them. Like, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, uh, like if, uh, They've been neglecting writing a new album. Hopefully they're taking this time and writing or experimenting with their sound or becoming a better guitar player, you know, just like really pushing themselves and trying to become a better musician during this time or improve themselves in some way. 
yeah, it's definitely been a time, it's been a space for opportunity. Um, I mean, I definitely feel that way. I'm kind of this weird conundrum because like I still have my day job, which I was really hoping like after, before all this, you know, Corona stuff started, I had a full like tour, like a few months worth of dates that I was you know, booked for um, both on this side of the, the country and, and back on the West coast where I'm from. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is the tour that's going to get me out of my day job. And while well, they've been so kind, it's just like music full time. Cause that's the, the next goal. And now it's just like, okay, well I still have to work, which is cool. You know, trying to find gratefulness in that. But yeah, I'm definitely, you know, trying to like spend every free time I have just writing new songs. Cause like this record just came out, but you know, looking towards the next project, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to get ahead on what's new. Like, like you said, focusing on a new kind of sound or, you know, growing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's definitely time for it. Absolutely. <laughs> and so what to kind of piggyback off of that, what have you been kind of focusing on and working on musically with a little bit more free time right now? Um, I've definitely been trying to write, you know, what's funny is like, I don't know why this is. I've found, I'm going to out myself a little bit. I've found that with the free time, I'll sit down and try and write. And I won't have as much inspiration as if I'm just going, going, going. And I feel like personally, I feel like I kind of need that constant um, pace to keep me up and just uh keep the mind always rolling whereas like I get really distracted lately Mm -hmm. but I've definitely been trying to sit down and honestly if anything write with intention and really try and figure out what stories I want to tell next and how I want those to sound you know I don't try and like definitely don't want that sophomore album blues where you fall into a rut and kind of have a go Mm -hmm. um so just trying to figure out mentally what kind of vibe I want to go for and what kind of artist I want to be going forward because I feel like such a long way came out and that was like I said one chapter but chapter two is you know primed and ready to go Mm -hmm. so there's a few songs that I know are going to go on the next record um but yeah it's really just coming down to what kind of sound I want it to have wonderful and I don't know, I don't think we've really talked because you, you're based out of Nashville right now and you've kind of been hit with like a double whammy because shortly after we left, Nashville was hit with the tornado. And then shortly after that was the whole COVID-19 thing started ramping up. I think I have my timeline, right? Yeah. No, it's been crazy. It's yeah. been absolutely crazy. Um, I'm very, very thankful. I was not, um, I was not really affected by the tornadoes, which is awesome. Um, I'm very, very blessed by that. But um, like the next day after it hit, I drove to North Carolina for a few shows and you had to drive through where it had hit over um, towards Gallatin and Lebanon. And it was Mm -hmm. heartbreaking. It was so just honest devastation. And I'd never witnessed anything like that. I mean, I come from the Seattle area where 
I think we've gotten like maybe one tornado once mm -hmm. <laughs> that yeah. I know of. Um, and it was small and I think it was like a water spout or something, you know, something yeah. not on that level. And you just think about, you know, I saw the movie Twister. Like I know <laughs> what a big tornado is supposed to look like. And yeah. uh, you think that that ripped through and I just, yeah, it, it blows your mind, but you really, um, you really become grateful and it's eye-opening to go, you know, I was asleep that night. Mm -hmm. You know, I slept peacefully that night and there were people who experienced this and some people tragically lost their lives. So mm -hmm. um, it really puts it into perspective for me of just how blessed I am, you know, mm -hmm. how blessed you can be and, and how close you can be to that and so far away too. Absolutely. And then I, I also wanted to thank you because I just thought about this because like you said, it feels like this, like it's only April right now and it just feels like everything's been a lifetime ago. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to thank you for being a part of our uh, fundraiser compilation album that we had put together shortly after the tornado hit. Um, we hadn't really made it public, but we made about, or we were able to raise about uh, $400 for the um the community uh, nonprofit there in Nashville. So that was really exciting for us. Like it was a last minute thing and we were able to make it happen and you were a part of that. So I really appreciate that. That That's awesome. I mean, thank you guys for, for doing that too. I mean, anything, any, there's no small act of kindness. It's mm -hmm. all big acts of kindness, you know? Mm -hmm. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for letting me be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And if anybody in here was one of the people that donated, we really appreciate that. Um, you know, and then it just, it's kind of sad because it feels like everything that happened during that tornado kind of got washed away with the whole coronavirus. Like you, if you were to bring it up to anybody that heard of the storm there, they, I guarantee you, they probably forgot that it happened this year just because of everything else that's, you know, not, it's so interesting. Obviously like, not if you live in Nashville, but. I mean, I feel like that just speaks to the media that we, not we as in like you and I, but just like collectively that we follow is, I don't know, I've said this a lot and it's just like, I feel like there's fear mongering on every side and that's a whole different conversation that mm -hmm. I will say for a different time because I mm -hmm. have my own opinions about it. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like, you know, if anything, um, it, just because it, like the media stopped talking about it doesn't mean that the people forgot. I mean, there are people who still have roofs, tarps on the roofs and are mm -hmm. still rebuilding and there's still piles of rubble, which is crazy. Yep. But um, I think it takes people to keep reminding, you know, if the media is not going to remind you, then, you know, let us remind you that this is still happening and that the whole world does not have to revolve around coronavirus, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't want it to. Yeah. And I mean, that like, even if you go back even further than that, like when hurricane Michael hit the panhandle of Florida, mm -hmm. like when I moved out of Tallahassee and I moved out here to Texas, it was a good two years or a year and a half after Michael had hit and we drive down the panhandle and there were still houses that just haven't recovered yet or 
parts of the panhandle. Mm-hmm. And then like even further back than that, Hurricane Irma down in the Keys in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just kind of forgotten about, you know. One thing I was really proud though to see um, that the media covered was just the fact of everybody getting together, you mm-hmm. know, and coming together to help clean up and just offer their their volunteer services, which I was so proud. I mean, I've only lived in Tennessee for six years or so, but I was just, my first reaction was, I'm so proud to be a Tennessean because this state lives up to their nickname mm-hmm. of the volunteer state. And I think that is so cool. And Honestly, I feel like if Corona weren't going on, then you'd still have people down there, you know, mm-hmm. if they could, they would kind of thing of, yeah. you know, cause that's just the people and that's, I'm sure that's people, you know, in so many other places, but um, yeah, I'd never actually seen anything like that where people come together so fervently to, to offer their volunteer services after a, a disaster. So. Absolutely. Really absolutely. Cool. Um. One thing that we had kind of talked about during that our during our jam session podcast was um, obviously we talked about Songland and your creative process and all that fun stuff, but and we talked about your new album a lot. How or now that the album is finally released, it's obviously a little bit weird now because you had like a tour planned and you were going, you're going to supposed to go down to Tallahassee and then with everything going on, that kind of all got put on the back burner. But now that you've got the album released, like what, what's going through your head? What's next? What do what do you want to, what are you trying to do now that the album's released? That's such a good question. Um, I just, I've tried to start rebooking. Um, a lot of places are still hesitant. Like I was able to reschedule my album release show mm-hmm. for June, mm-hmm. but you know, part of me is like, are we going to be able to hang out in June? Like, mm-hmm. are we, is this still going to be going on? I just don't know. But um, like I said, I'm really, really in high hopes that it won't last forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, my next plan I mean I really just one thing I've always wanted with this record is for people to know that it's there Mm -hmm. Um, and it's there for them to listen to and it's there for them to find purpose in hopefully and that's why it was written as you know these songs are they're some of my best work yet I mean I'd like to think that the next work is also going to be even better but um this was just kind of like my out of the gate. This is me as an Americana artist. I want you to know I'm here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll just keep focusing on hitting back on venues all the time and just seeing, you know, testing the waters, if you will, mm-hmm. trying to get um, dates rebooked. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, just doing more live, so bad at live streams, uh, trying to get better at live streams and 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 do those so people can, you know, still hear the music and keep writing and keep, you know, mm-hmm. you should, ahead. Uh, it's just, I feel like it's just all in limbo right now. Yeah. You should definitely keep doing the live streams cause you did great today. And then the one that you did on the, uh, I believe you did one on the day your album released too, right? You did like a little short, short one. 
Um, I did one, when, I know I went live with the boot. Time oh. is just, I don't know how to tell time anymore. I got I you. Work, but I'm just like, I don't, I barely, I forgot it was Saturday today. Uh. Um, yeah, I was able to do one with the boot, which was really cool. I think that might've been the last one I okay. did, but. Well, I mean, I remember watching it and you, that was a really good one. So you definitely should try and jump in and do more live streams. Thank you. So. I, I need to get better at them just so I stop saying um so much. <laughs> the first one I did like a couple weeks ago as a tester for the one on the boot, I rewatched mm -hmm. it and I was just like, every other word is um and I can't watch this. And <laughs> I'm sorry to all the people who tuned in that night. It happens, you know. It happens. First time blues, right? Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time I did a live stream, it was um every other word. And I was just like, oh, shut up. Just stop it's talking. Let the band talk. If you just, I mean, this is different because we're like zooming, you know, yeah. and like I can see you. But otherwise, it's just like you're just sitting here staring at yourself singing songs yeah. to yourself. The only comfort is that like this room is where all of these songs were written. So I feel some sense of comfort in that of while I'm staring at the couch, I usually write on, like, I'm still in my space, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, now that you are, what's kind of the outlook as far as what, what the current shelter in place uh, mandates they have in Tennessee? Like, what's the outlook looking right, like right now in Tennessee? Or what are they um, saying? Can I just tell you, okay, so without ranting too much, I okay. work for a large corporation and um, we've been open, we're considered essential. And mm -hmm. so I sell t-shirts within that large corporation and I have watched since all of this started, like people come in, no masks, no gloves. I mean, for a while they were getting really good at wearing gloves and masks and keeping a distance and you just have your one or two who completely blew that off. Mm -hmm. But now the last couple days, like I just feel like nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so weird to see because um, you've got, first of all, I'm, I'm seeing that our, our traffic is picking up again mm -hmm. and people are suddenly, it's just like Corona doesn't exist anymore. And people are just coming into shop. And I think it's just cause they're, they're tired of, staying home mm -hmm. which is cool but it's also like this is still going on yeah you know but i feel like it's starting to lighten up a little bit that's why i think that we're heading for better days yep absolutely i know in texas here starting monday they are starting to loosen some of the medical restrictions that they had like they basically any non-essential medical procedures you needed was not a thing anymore like you couldn't get them yeah and so starting monday they're starting to uh, loosen those restrictions That's and good. then they're going to open state parks oh good which i mean i guess technically never really closed they they're just not manned like mm -hmm. you know um so they'll start having people there manning the state parks um, and then I think in a couple of weeks, we'll start loose. They're going to start doing opening up the retail sector. And if you can do curbside drop off. So like basically fast food drive through, you go to like 
whatever the shop is and say, call them ahead of time and say, hey, I need this, this, and this. Okay, you pay them through Venmo or PayPal or however you pay it, and they bring it out to your car. And See, that's how it's been all the time here, though. Like, I went to – so I went into a Chipotle the other day, and I ordered ahead, whatever, mm-hmm. and I went inside because um, – my order was late, so I had to go in, and they were still, like, their dining room wasn't open, open. Yeah, but they were still, like, letting people in to order. Mm-hmm. Well, and this isn't, like, I mean, it for food, it's been like that for us, but, like, say you needed to go to Joanne Fabrics or something. Oh, got you, got yeah. you. Oh, well, that's but, cool. Like something that isn't essential, so to speak. Um, Well, I wonder if that's how, like, if any of those practices are going to, like, carry forward. Yeah. Well, and I mean, theoretically, through Amazon, that stuff's already kind of been in place in a lot of places. Because I know my dad used to order stuff from Home Depot, and it would be in a locker outside and they'd give you like the, whatever the passcode to get into the locker. And he would just walk up to the front door, pull yeah. out his items and, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, those practices have definitely been in place for a while, but I didn't know if you knew like, or what the current state of like shelter in place rulings are in Tennessee or what they're currently got going on. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, um, just because, you know, dare I say, I was kind of getting tired too. I I stopped keeping up with it as heavily. Um, Oh, Todd is saying he thinks maybe June 1st for Nashville. So I'm going to trust Todd more than I'm going to say my next sentence because I have no attention. (laughs) Gotcha. I mean, I think that's about where it is with everyone because I know – originally for us it was wanted to say like june 4th or something mm-hmm. or may 20 no it was may 26th because that was right around my birthday and it pissed me off because it was just like you mean i'm gonna have to send my spend my uh birthday in uh isolation Ugh. yeah so, I, but, my birthday is coming up what day is it the 18th in 10 days i will oh, be celebrating apparently in quarantine but i'm like a home this is my thing is i'm kind of a homebody anyways and Mm -hmm. really what i've learned in all of this is that i need to have a social life so that i can appreciate it you know i need to hang out you know with people and you know go out more because i miss not doing it but then i'm like i wasn't really doing it to begin with yeah but I am, I am meeting a friend tomorrow in a parking lot for lunch so i'm very excited about that nice that's awesome yeah Yeah, it was it was a I was in kind of in the same boat because it's like really the only time that I hang out with people that aren't from work is when I'm going with Jeff and we're going someplace to do live and amplified things yeah like you know and that's why I want to get back out on the road it's like that's my social life like that's where I meet people that's where I get to hang out you know I know I have such great friends a lot of the times I see them because they're coming to shows or you know, otherwise I, I kind of come home and I, I work on music and, mm. you know, I'll record a video of playing music and then mm. I'll go to bed, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like those but neat- I, this has definitely like made me want to kind of expand from that and, and mm. not 
you know, less in music at all, but just also cherish mm-hmm. those relationships that I'm really missing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but one thing that I don't think we talked about in our first uh, jam session interview was I didn't know you were from Seattle or that area. I don't think we talked yeah. about that. Uh, and you said you've been in Nashville for about six years now? Yeah, I moved here um, in 2014 to go to Belmont mm-hmm. University, um, where I studied songwriting. All nice. things. <laughs> what, so what was it always the goal to come to Nashville? Or did it just kind of work out that you got into Belmont? And No, you know, it was always the dream. Um, I used to, well, honestly, before, like when I, growing up, I used to just really want to be a singer. And then I was kind of dabbling at songwriting, but it wasn't the love that I have for it today. And um, I really love lyrics. Um, that's kind of my, so lyrics and singing are like my, my first two passions. And so as I, I got, you know, closer to graduating high school, the only music options in my area for college were like going to be, study to be a classical musician or mm-hmm. a choir teacher, which I did not want to do either. Um, so I was kind of just like trying to decide, I was about to settle on going to a different school um, back in Washington. And then I ran across um, Belmont University and realized that it was in my favorite city. I'd traveled here on vacation, oh gosh, for years with my family. Um, cause we just love Nashville so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I found out that they had a songwriting program and I thought this is perfect. And then I applied and then hadn't really heard anything. And I heard like, you know, it's super hard to get in. Like you're probably not going to get in right away. It takes a couple tries, but, um, long story short, like they called me one day and were like, Hey, you got into Belmont oh, by the way, you got into the songwriting program, but it was also like two months before I was supposed to move in and the school year was supposed to start. So it was all kind of just a blur, Mm -hmm. a rush, but that's right. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I really appreciate you giving me the time and um, giving us the time and sharing your music. You know, like it, it just amazes me the amount of support that we always seem to get and just the bit, the willingness of all these musicians just to come on and perform. Like, it's awesome. I really enjoy it. And I'm glad. Like, the, I, I don't, the, I, for a lack of better terms, Live and Amplified is probably the best thing I've ever concocted in my head. Just because it's like, we get to work with so many amazing people, yourself included. And it's just absolutely amazing. Well, thank you. So, I appreciate you. Like, it's definitely necessary and very much appreciated. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, um, if you want to go ahead and push like all your social media stuff and where they can find you on uh, social and find your album and all that stuff, feel free to go ahead and. Sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys missed the stream today, um, I'm sure it'll be posted on Live and Amplified's page, and then. It's posted on mine, so go back and rewatch it. Um, uh, follow me on social media at Jessjacoy, at Jessjacoy Music. I think my Facebook is Jessjacoy Music because it was taken just Jessjacoy. Mm-hmm. But I think I took it somewhere in my past, and I just can't remember what that 
pages and how to log in. Yeah. Um, I, I am my own demise. But anyways, Jess Jacoy, J-O-C-O-Y. And uh, Tom has linked my website um, yep. and pinned it to the comments. So if you want to get yourself a CD of Such a Long Way or anything else, um, you can head to that website. And I've got a merch tab. <sighs> yeah, um, please listen to Such a Long Way. She's my baby, and um, she's there for you. So thank you guys so much. Oh, it's on Spotify. Follow on Spotify, too, if you're there. Um, Apple Music, etc. Literally anywhere you can listen to music is where this music is. So thank you guys so much. Thank you for letting me, like I said, drink my tea and ramble on. I really appreciate it. Sing my songs. Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you. And uh, I believe we put one of your songs on our Spotify playlist. So if you happen to follow that, make sure you check it out, you know. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. Hey, so I hope you guys really enjoyed that. Uh, I know I really enjoyed being able to catch up with uh, Jess Jacoy there. You know, it's it, it it's really hard to keep up with all the musicians that we work with, but we do our best. Like I, like I spend probably a good two or three hours a day just reaching out to the various musicians we work with to make sure they're good, especially during this time of the year with all the pandemic things going on. You know, I, I really take it to heart and want to make sure everyone's good. But I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview. Hope you guys enjoyed the song at the beginning, you know, since everything's kind of up in full tilt right now, we're trying to do the best with what we got. Um, we're trying to really make sure that we uh, uh, kind of keep the content rolling, you know, keep featuring the musicians. And, you know, even like it's really weird because I thought we'd be able to do like live casts regularly. And even those have been kind of hard because nobody really has anything to promote because they don't have any shows every once in a while we'll get somebody that has a like an album or a video to promote but other than that it's just really hard right now so uh we're really digging into the bag of tricks here but i think we're going to uh go ahead and cut the show a little early this week uh you know we've been running overtime like crazy and we don't really have a cover song of the week right now but you know we're, we're really playing with the format and seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, and something else that we're doing is all the jam sessions, like the beginning main interview with the artist and the music and the interview, uh, we're working into turning that into some sort of a uh, TV show. So that's really exciting. And, uh, hopefully that'll turn into something for us. Um, We've experimented with doing traditional TV in the uh, in the past there, and it hasn't quite worked out, but I think our setup right now is as such that we, uh, we're in a better place to do that now and make the commitment. And, you know, so hopefully come down the line when we finally do strike a deal or find somebody that's interested, we can, uh, we can, uh, make that commitment and make a real solid effort. But I hope you all really enjoyed this podcast. 
uh like i said i'm sorry everything's kind of been up in the air lately uh we uh, we just launched our new website we just did a full graphics rebrand so that's really exciting for us right now you know being able to do that um but we'll we'll uh we'll keep it pushing we'll keep doing our thing and um i know we are we are right where we want to be. Uh, we're in a good place. Uh, you know, everybody on the team's doing really well for themselves, and we might finally be in a position where we can give this one giant push towards victory and liberty and freedom. And, you know, all that fun stuff. But uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this week's podcast. We kind of kept it a little bit more short and concise as far as the in-between stuff. We just kept it the interviews and the music. You know, I don't want to sit here and ramble on for an hour and a half, you know. But I hope you all really enjoyed the podcast. I hope you guys just are doing all right. You know, I don't usually do this, but I figured I'd wait until the end of the podcast to see who's out there still really listening. Um, If you guys ever need anything, just like somebody to talk to, you know, help promoting something, or you guys are having issues, you know, just whatever, shoot me a text. Uh, Get a hold of Live and Amplified. We want to talk to our fans. We want to talk to our musicians. Everybody on our team knows what it's like to deal with mental issues, you know, not being mentally stable dealing with bad mental health, um, just get a hold of us any way you can. Um, my personal cell phone number is 708-254-6517. So if you are listening at this point and you just need somebody to chat with, like a good old buddy, you know, like I ain't going to BS you. I ain't going to sit here and be like, oh, hey, you know, and ignore you whatever. Um, if you need somebody to legit just chat with, you know, shoot me a text. I'm there. I will answer, you know, the best way I know how. But until then, I will see you all next week. I'm not really 100% sure what we're going to do for next week, but I'll figure something out. I always do. And uh, I will see you all later. Have a good one.